Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Each week we talk about heart rate variability and how it can be used to improve your overall health and wellness. Please consider the information in this podcast for your informational use and not medical advice. Please see your medical provider to apply any of the strategies outlined in this episode. Heart Rate Variability Podcast is a production of Optimal LLC and Optimal HRV. Check us out at OptimalHRV.com. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, Jeff Summers here. It's been a little while since I've been on with my good friends, uh, Dr. Ina Hazan and Matt Bennett on the show. Um, really excited welcome to be back. back. Jeff. I don't know, it's been, what, probably welcome eight, back. nine months since yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I've, been, I've been part of the, the crew. For those that have not heard my voice, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of... Uh, of optimal with Matt and and Ina, so we are very close to the holidays, and I wanted to come back on and and spend some time with you guys, doing kind of a year end wrap up and and just kind of discuss the state of HRV, the state of optimal HRV, and, and sort of some of the trends that we see coming next year. So Matt, I know we did one of these year ago last year at this yeah. time. Things have changed significantly in our space for our company. So, you know, really just excited to be back on with both of you as we near 2024. Excited. That's right. So where do you guys want to start? I mean, I think from my perspective, you know, let's talk about what's changed, what's advanced, what's new in the world of, of heart rate variability uh, in the last 12 months since our last recap session. Yeah, you know, I would love to hear from you on this. I have some thoughts, but uh, I think you're a good one to start us off. Um, I think um, what I've been most uh, impressed with and pleased with in the field of HRV is um, the just how much the research has uh, expanded and grown. And in the last year, uh, we've had a whole bunch of, you know, meta-analyses and systematic reviews coming out for um, HRV um, biofeedback as an effective intervention for various, uh, uh, you know, conditions and, you know, various issues uh, in various aspects of performance. Uh, and, of course, that's exactly what we want to see because, you know, each individual uh, study, while, of course, incredibly important, and that's, you know, we need more individual studies, but, you uh, there is only so much we can conclude from, from any one study. Uh, but once we have enough of these individual studies uh, to warrant a meta-analysis or a systematic review, that's really when we can we, we can say with a fair degree of certainty, yes, this is it. You know, heart variability is an effective, uh, heart variability by feedback is an effective way of working with, you know, anxiety, uh, pain, uh, depression, uh, et cetera, where, you know, heart variability makes a difference in cancer, heart variability makes a really big difference in um, cognitive performance. You know, these are the, some of the examples of uh, the more recent uh, uh, meta-analysis and systematic analysis that I've seen uh, uh, published. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Um, just in the last couple of years, there's so much more um, really good uh, research. Uh, you know, we we know that HRV is the way to go, but it's really <laughs> uh, great to have the research uh, to truly back it up and say with certainty that what we are devoting our lives to does make a really big difference um, for everyone. Yeah, and I, I would second that. It, it seems like 
Um, and Nina, you 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 may put it a little different way than than I would have because I I mean I but I think we're talking about the same thing. It, it looked like you know having really been in the research now for three or four years and trying to you know find when published articles come out and the the meta analysis are obviously a huge step forward. It seems like there's been a lot of do potential doors um, open over the years. Um, you know, in some of these smaller studies and, and, you know, you look at AAPB journal and others, sometimes there's like, Hey, we have like a, a small group going through this. And those groups seem to be getting larger and larger. Um, which again, when your in goes up, your number of participants go up, you know, the, the, the study just increases in, in value. And so it seems like, you know, from, from someone that's new to the arena, it's like, okay, there were all these doors, sort of open for HRV biofeedback, um, you know, around a range, seemingly like a, pretty much everything you want to you know, make better, uh, HRV biofeedback can help, you know, it helps regulate the nervous system, which we've talked about uh, so much on this, uh, just is uh, how healthy we are, how well we are. And and now to see some of those those numbers in these studies, increasing and now to get to the meta-analysis which you're seeing more and more of um is really exciting um you know it just it's proving what i think we've thought um you know is is just coming out more and more in the research which is really exciting yeah, absolutely yeah just you know it's, as you see more and more consensus amongst the you know, academic uh, folks that are, are looking into this and studying it, and it just becomes more apparent. It just, you know, helps. I think everybody that, that we work with get more and more excited and more motivated to continue the great work that they're doing, which yeah. is music to our ears, because this is something that you both have been passionate about for a very long time. Um, yeah. So to see the, the world, um, you know, jumping in um, so quickly is, is really exciting. So, you know, kind of looking back, one of the things that we haven't talked too much about um, on this this show yet is is AI, and obviously that was something that has been the talk of the tech world for quite a while now. Um, hot topic, certainly six eight months ago, and still remains that way uh, as we head into twenty twenty four. How is that going to shape uh, the way people use HRV, how they interact with it? Um, you know what. What are what are some trends you're seeing in that direction that, that get you excited and maybe nervous? Well, one I'd like to shout us out, Ina and I and Dave's book, uh, The Heartbeat of Business, uh, the the epilogue or conclusion of that book, uh, uh, you know, before Chat GBT uh, three came out, you know, that that the large language model, deep machine learning, uh, was something that was on my horizon because with HRV we collect so much data. And, you know, one of the things I originally was kind of hopeful of, and this is, a, you know, a question I'm throwing out, not from a scientific perspective, but I think just a mad curiosity perspective is I, I thought, oh, we could start to compare SDNN, RMSSD, low frequency, high frequency, and, and have large language models in ChatGBT4, crunch all this data and give us something different than, hey, your RMSSD is higher today, you're doing good. And, and I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that it's your RMSSD is higher, you're doing good, is still kind of uh, where we're at, uh, which is, you know, I, I, so I'm still, I'm fascinated 
by our, our, is there more we can do with all this data we can collect? Can we, can we pull information out about parasympathetic, sympathetic, you know, other kind of functionings in there? And the answer in the short term seems probably not, um, which is disappointing because, you know, I, th I thought we might be able to get to the point where we could ask questions. And I've, I've talked to some of the guests on this, this show about that and, you know, cause some offline mostly, um, you know, but th there hasn't been like, you know, a, a huge, a, we, this would be useful if we crunched all these numbers together, used out all these algorithms, it would give us something greater than your RMSSD is higher today than it was yesterday. Um, so I think where I'm excited to see where this might be able to, to go is giving us feedback on what that higher or lower RMSSD or low frequency during a biofeedback session is telling us. Um, I think, you know, my hope is to give more individualized feedback uh, based on scores, which I, I believe having tested it out, AI can do a good job on that. And then if we could, you know, maybe customize it for the individual um, based on maybe a wellness plan or something like that, I think that there's there's some good work to be done there. Uh, but I, so I'm I'm really still excited and just you know a little disappointed that you know I I had this fantasy that we could get really specific with some of this stuff. And while we might be able to, I I've kind of come to the conclusion it's not going to tell us a whole lot more than we already know. And that's sort of good news and you know both good news and bad news in my yeah. book. You know the bad news is you know. As, as you were saying, it would be really cool to, you know, get into these nitty gritty details that we maybe are not uh, seeing. Um, on the other hand, I think the good news is, you know, what we're, the information we're getting from HRV is fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, and that is really good news. Maybe we don't have to have, you know, this super fancy, uh, you know, machine to tell us, uh, yeah. you know, so much more uh, that what we already have really does tell us a lot already. And, you know, that's, that's definitely good news in my book. Um, one thing that AI may be able to help us with is in seeing uh, patterns that, you know, to the, you know, just a regular flawed human eye may not be entirely obvious. So when we have um, a whole lot of data you know, for each individual person, you know, if a person's been tracking their HRV for months or years and putting notes into in their morning readings, yeah. uh, you know, and their anytime readings, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that when we are looking at at those numbers, we may not be able to tell a whole lot. This is your HRV after a workout. This is your HRV in the morning. This is your HRV after a big meal. You know, it's all it, it's hard to integrate it. But this is this may be where AI can look at that whole thing and tell us uh, something uh, something deeper or something more interesting, something uh, more more detailed. Absolutely, I hope. That makes sense. And so, you know, for you, for you both, you know, been clinicians, you know, working very closely with patients in different environments, you know, those kinds of things, how exciting is that for you? Um, you know, thinking back years ago, a couple, just a couple few years ago, right? Um, that wasn't even in the sphere of thought. And so the fact that we're talking about it as, you know, potentially a near-term um, option, you know, what, what, what sort of feelings does that elicit for, for, for you guys in, in your work? 
I'm super excited. I mean, you know, Jeff, you just made me think to when I first started working uh, in this, where in order for somebody to get their HRV measured, they had to come into the office. There really was no other way of doing it. Um, you know, people were stuck coming into the office once a week, and you know, there was really not a whole lot anybody else, you know could do uh, could do at home. And look how far um, how far we've come. Um, so, and now progress is picking up, you know, even uh, even faster. So I think. A lot of this we probably can't even imagine, you know, maybe we'll be doing this uh, recap next year and talking about things that we can't, you know, can't even wrap our minds around today. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, I think the possibilities that AI opens up, you know, especially when we look at, you know, analyzing large data sets, like, like whether it's for an individual, whether, you know, we, we have RR intervals and in these studies we're doing, you know, how, what, what is it going to tell us? I don't know if we, I don't know if we're at, we even know the questions to ask at this point. Yeah. Um, right. You know, I, I yeah. think, I think in some, I was hoping maybe there were some questions that, you know, the Enas and the, the Fred Schaefer's and others of the world were just like dying to ask and the AI would open that up, you know, and for better or worse, it, it does seem like, like Ina said, is like HRV in above itself is one of the beautiful things about it. it's incredibly simple biometric to measure overall wellness and and so while you know i i i imagine um you know innovators will keep thinking around that way um it'll be exciting to see uh where this goes i also hope maybe ai can open up you know uh integration of biofeedback into maybe uh individuals clinicians practitioners who have not utilize uh, biofeedback in the past. Um, you know, now that, you know, our app and others, you can do residence frequency breathing assessments, um, you know, do mindfulness and everything else, uh, residence frequency breathing. Uh, you know, part of that is on us to educate that, that group. But, you know, I think AI could maybe make it uh, simpler for folks to integrate this um, into their larger practice uh, as well, especially if we can give it like, uh, practitioners, uh, a paragraph summary of your HRV over the last six months, uh, you know, giving physicians and others that level of data, which, you know, AI can spit out in a matter of seconds, uh, which is potentially could be a really, uh, I think, strong use uh, of AI um, with uh, HRV. Well, that's so and meaningful, you, you know, sorry, you know, Drew, 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 that's so meaningful because you know, as we've worked with so many different clinicians over the last, you know, however many years now, three years we've been doing this, Matt, you know, one of the, the biggest challenges has been for folks who are just getting into it, just learning, how do I implement this? How can I be effective with my client base, with my patient base? How, how can I, as a professional, bring value for them with the data? Um, it's one thing to have the data, it's another thing to interpret it and, and realize it into something that's meaningful for them. So that in itself just makes this more accessible to more people more easily, which is hugely exciting for, you know, everything that we've been doing for the last number of years. And sorry, you know, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, I, I, um, I was jumping in at the same time. Um, and I was actually going to say something very, very similar. Um, I'm excited that this, this level of progress can make, um, HRV accessible to people who don't, uh, um, uh, 
devote you know hours of and you know years and you know decades of study um, to HRV. And um, you know while some basic understanding of HRV is really helpful, uh, AI can help uh, people who don't have the ability uh, or don't have the time uh, to really dig in depth into what all of this means um, and ultimately may not even have the need to, you know, with primary care physicians. They have enough on, on their plates. Uh, you know, many of them will have a basic understanding of what heart durability is and then AI can help, you know, fill in the gaps because uh, we may not be able to anticipate all the questions that people are going to ask. Um, and uh, this is where AI can, you know, again, help fill in the gaps and provide the information that uh, will help those uh, clinicians uh, help their patients. And same thing with people who are just using um, HRV on their own without a guidance of a clinician uh, or a doctor or another kind of provider. Um, they'll have the ability to get answers uh, to questions quickly and you know get more in-depth interpretations uh, without having somebody look over their data. Yeah. Yep customized, individualized, all the things that we know matter. <clears throat> but often people just don't have the ability or the background to do for, for their patient or client base. Mm -hmm. Exciting stuff. Yeah. So you, 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 uh, you know, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, when we're doing this next year, uh, you know, will there be something that we haven't even thought about um, that, that we discuss yeah, very possible, but what, as we look ahead at the future, um, you know, what are some of the trends you guys are monitoring? What what are the things that are are seemingly on the horizon that you think are going to be really impactful and things that are going to make it work its way more into the mainstream um, in twenty twenty four and beyond? Um, there, you know, there are some new ways of uh, determining resonance frequency breathing that we might uh, want to uh, look at, uh, you know, from uh, being able to use uh, uh, muscle contraction instead of instead of breathing. So for people who um, for whom you know, breathing itself may be problematic. Right. And there are plenty of um, uh, folks for whom paying attention to their breath is for you know various reasons uh, um, a problem. They may be able to have a different way of determining their residence frequency breathing rate. You know, so Fred Schaefer you know, has done that research you know, in 2023, um, really showing us that it's an, another very effective way of determining residence frequency breathing rate. So, you know, perhaps that will be at some point on the list to build into the app among all the other <clears throat> uh, really <laughs> awesome ideas <laughs> that we have that are waiting uh, waiting their turn. Um, there, are, um, there are other, um, you know, algorithms uh, that are being investigated for determining residence frequency that uh, might, uh, you know, be getting more and more validation uh, in this next year. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm just curious and interested to see where that, um, where that takes us. Um, in addition to really, again, expanding the realm of uh, HRV relevance, because uh, at this point, any new study that is looking at HRV um, in some new realm, you know, like, you know, eating disorders where HRV hasn't really been looked at all that much, but, you know, uh, you know, with Dr. Mensinger's uh, uh, research, we now know that um, HRV is a, a legitimate way of looking at uh, eating disorders, right? So, you know, all these areas where we haven't really ventured in the past are being looked at. Um, and the answer is pretty consistently, yes, HRV is relevant, you know, it's, it's relevant to everything. We just need to show to show it. Yeah, and I would totally uh, agree, you know, with uh, different ways to measure and 
do biofeedback, you know, um, a future episode that's going to be coming out in a few weeks, you know, uh, working with athletes, uh, somebody, our guest was getting them into a warm up state before taking their HRV and, and finding some very interesting things. So, so when we take the readings, especially if we're trying to prepare for something specific, like an athletic training session, um, with that, uh, you know, looking at, I mean, I, I think Schaefer's work around the, the constriction of muscles is really exciting. And, and I wonder what else is there, um, in that realm. Um, you know, we got a lot of ventral vagal stimulators out there, which I know gets mixed reviews on a lot of things, but it, you know, seems like we can maybe test some of this stuff out in different ways, you know, just having, uh, different options for folks, um, I think is going to be big. Um, I think the sensor technology uh, continues to improve, not at the rate I, I'm kind of shocked. It hasn't moved faster, but now that I've gotten realistic about uh, sensors, um, you know, I thought surely at this point we'd be talking about like a $12 Fitbit watch that gave us accurate measures. And we're still, we're still quite a bit away from there, uh, but you, you see that technology uh, getting better and better. Um, you know, 24-7 monitoring has not seemed like a very useful tool, but as our tech gets better, you know, as AI brings in, could that start to tell us something? So I think we're, we're opening up to just different ways to think about uh, heart rate variability, uh, when to take it, what's it telling us, um, you know, and I'm, I'm waiting for the new algorithms. I'm waiting for, uh, the Kazan HRV algorithm to come out. I, I, um, uh oh, no pressure there. No pressure. Yeah, there. Exactly. Totally. You know, I, I still, I'm a little frustrated that we're still primarily using this, you know, almost, what was it? Uh, the 2000 or, uh, 1998 or something like that. European study, uh, is still the, the foundational piece. So I mean, one of my questions, again, I don't have any insight to something being developed is that there hasn't seemed to be a ton of progress over the last 20 years on new heart rate variability metrics. Now, maybe that means we have discovered what we're going to discover. Um, that seems, yeah, I, I don't know if I believe that, but I'm, I'm interested to see as we get more data, we get more people working on this, we get some of those meta studies um, what might, um, evolve, um, out of this? Uh, I'm just curious. I'm waiting for that new metric, uh, to, to come out and, uh, been disappointed over the last few years that it hasn't. So, um, looking, looking, uh, I'm keeping my eye on that as well. Yeah, <clears throat> that is a, yeah, good point. It's something I hadn't even thought of, but, you know, who knows when, who's out there working on that right now and then when it's, uh, you know, actually going to surface. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I guess that's that's kind of the, the some of the topics that I had uh, that I wanted to, to chat with you both about on our kind of year-end wrap-up. want to thank all the listeners. You know, our listener base continues to increase. Matt, you, you know, you've done a phenomenal job of of getting really interesting guests on the show and, and, you know, Ina, Dr. Kazan, we really appreciate your participation in this as well. Thanks to our users. Um, you know, it's been a, a phenomenal year. Um, you know, we're appreciative of all of the support and want to continue to bring, you know, good content and, 
and uh, good education to everybody out in 2024. Is there anything that you guys kind of want to sign off 2023 with here before uh, we, we go quiet for the holidays over the next week? I mean, I would just like to, like you said, Jeff, thank, thank our listeners. Uh, we've seen, uh, could, I mean, there was a question out there. Could you have a sustainable podcast uh, just on a single biometric? Uh, <laughs> and when we started this uh, during the pandemic, Jeff, um, I don't know. I mean, I knew we could knock out like 20 episodes. Um, <laughs> I think this might be in the 130s of some sort. Uh uh, with this too. So I just appreciate everybody that listens. Like I said, we've seen this steady intake uptick um, over this year of uh, listeners. And so just thank you for everybody, all the HRV nerds out there that uh, have taken this journey with us. Um, really excited to see uh, where we go next year as well. Yeah, as am I. Um, you know, thank you to all the, uh, thank you to all the listeners. You know, thank you to Matt for making this, you know, podcast uh, viable and proving that it is possible to have a successful podcast on one metric. So there you go. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, thank you to Jeff. Uh, thank you for, uh, thank you to the whole Optimal uh, team, which has, you know, which has grown nicely this year. Yeah. So that's another exciting thing, right? And I'm very much mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing how our team grows. Um, next year and everything, you know, in the way that the uh, the app um, develops and all the new features that are going to be um, that are going to be coming. But most importantly, yeah, thanks to all the HRV nerds out there. Yeah, and as always, you can find uh, show notes uh, at optimalhrv.com. Uh, Jeff, Ina, thanks for jumping on here. Uh, I really love these episodes because uh, uh, we can kind of reflect back. Um, I, I think we put out about 50 new episodes this year, if I'm correct. Um, with that, I, I, I bring back, I started bring back some of the favorites, like over holidays and stuff like that. But, uh, it's always, uh, at this time of year to get a little sentimental about where we've been and excited about where we're going. Uh, I always appreciate that. So I want to thank you both for, uh, doing this episode and well, welcome back, Jeff. Uh, we, yeah. need, we need to find a way to get you on here more, my friend. <laughs> I agree. It's always a pleasure. Um, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a good one. Happy holidays. Happy New Year.